Welcome back to the Meaningful Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Denise, where we engage in meaningful conversation that stimulates the mind. Today, we'll be talking about emotional triggers and how to control them. First, I'd like to start off by explaining what an emotional trigger is. It is any word, person, event, or experience that evokes off an immediate emotional reaction. It is not an easy thing to control, and I am not speaking in general, but also about myself. There are words and actions that others say or do that will literally lit fire inside of you and set it ablaze, and that's why they're called emotional triggers they fester inside of you it's like a ticking time bomb ready to explode and there comes your ugly side that make you lose all sense of rational thinking there is no cure for having emotional trigger I would like to say um, from my experience and from others that I've spoken to um, it just depends on the moment if you're going through a very stressful time in your life um, and those emotions are played upon, it will make you lose control faster than if you're in a very calm situation and you're going through a very mellow time in your life. It all depends, you know, um, because we have to remember these are deep-rooted emotional issues, things that um, just get us outside of ourselves, things that we have yet learned to control and don't quite know how to deal with. There are moments that these emotional triggers, um, it's like nothing to the individual them that it bothers or are dealing with them, you know. Um, it's just like, okay, someone said that to me and today I can just look over it and act like there's nothing happened because that's the frame of mind that you're in at that moment. But there's other times when you're so stressed and it's the worst time um, for somebody to have an emotional trigger. When you're so stressed out and then someone comes along and do a certain things or say something that is so hurtful, whether it's intentional or not, um, that brings out a very irrational side of you. So therefore... Um, it could happen at any moment, you know, you could be walking on the street and you see um, a car accident and that reminds you of a accident that you have been in like years ago and it set off certain feelings that's inside of you, certain fears, certain anger and there you go, it's an emotional trigger and then your body starts to react in a way that is not quite normal um so that's um emotional triggers as well it can be from a childhood trauma and now you're a grown adult and those things still fester inside of you they're deeply buried inside so therefore you know um there could be things that's going on in your life and all of a sudden these ugly monsters that we think that we have buried come back up again and here we are facing the demons that is inside of us and i I like to think of it as like it's emotional triggers are like you know um just toxic things um memories um you know things that we um we just can't really quite control or things that have happened to us that obviously we would rather not happen to us right and I think that everyone whether on a higher scale or lower scale they have um things that trigger certain irrational emotions inside of them and i think the first thing that i've learned is to identify what it is that trigger those emotions inside of you 
So at this moment, I would like to introduce to you guys Stephanie Lynn. She also run a YouTube video and she is a life coach. Hey guys, welcome back. I am so excited that you can coach. So this week I wanted to bring up a topic that a client actually brought up in a call recently with me and he had asked, what are the steps that I can take when I get emotionally charged? So what do I do when someone triggers me emotionally? So how do we respond to these situations? Like what are the steps that I need to do in order to respond versus just reacting emotionally when someone someone kind of gets me charged up. I really have to start by saying, you're human. You're going to have times where you're going to overreact. You're going to have times where someone's going to push a button and you're going to get emotionally charged. And that's completely fine to say that we're going to live life every single time. And when something happens that we're just so mindful of it and not, you know, react emotionally. For me, I don't think that's realistic just because we are human beings. But the point of this is to learn these tips so you can begin practicing this kind of stuff. It doesn't mean in every situation with every person you're going to be able to do it every single time. But it does mean that the more you practice it, the easier it gets. And you won't get so emotionally charged up with a specific person or regarding a specific wound within yourself if you know these tips and practice them. The reason why this stuff is so important is it's important for yourself. It's important to create that bubble. Like, like I always like to say, it's important to keep your vibration high, especially if you're trying to manifest something into your life. It's important to just have peace and happiness and not, you know, get emotionally involved in other people's stuff. So quite often what happens is when someone does something and they're pushing our button, we react so much to them when really it's our button that's being pushed. It's our wound that's being brought to the surface. And if you're not taking responsibility for your life, your happiness, like I always say, then you're going to react. But when you feel that button being pushed, when you feel that wound starting to come up, then it's a little bit easier to say, oh, I feel something coming up and I'm going to take responsibility for that because that's my stuff and deal with it versus, you know, getting negative with someone else and projecting and blaming and making your wound their responsibility. And this type of thinking is self-loving. This type of thinking is self-empowering and it also causes a lot of, it also diffuses a lot of arguments in relationships. So one of the first things that you have to do in order to not be emotionally triggered by someone, to not allow someone to emotionally trigger you, to get you all fired up, is you have to know where your wounds are. And I'm going to be making a lot of videos in the future about emotional wounds because I think that this is really, really important. You have to know what are the things that trigger you in life? Like what, not necessarily what happened in your past experience, perhaps childhood, or maybe even adulthood, an experience that you went through that caused this wound to actually form. That's great stuff to know as well if you want, really want to get deep into it. But for the most part, you have to know what triggers you. Like what are the things that when someone says something to you that you can start to feel the defensiveness or the anger or the frustration? Like what, where is that wound? And sometimes one person in your life can only bring, they only bring up one specific wound. It's like they know exactly what to say say to hit you hard they know what triggers you and they can just push and push and push at that button if you don't know what that button is then 
you can't even begin to do this kind of work and you can't even begin to start to practice how to take these steps to not get fired up. So you have to know the people in my life, what are the things that they do or say that trigger me? Just be a little mindful of what it was this person did or said to you that made you feel defensive, that made you feel angry, that brought up all of that negative emotion for you. So just be mindful of what those things are and write them down if you need to. Once you know what it is that they do, what you need to say and ask yourself is, when he does this, when she does this, how do I feel? And a story will come up to the surface. I feel abandoned. I feel like they don't care about me. I feel like they're selfish and it's always about them. I feel like, you know, um, they're always blaming me for things. Whatever the story is, because when you ask yourself a question, a story always comes up to the surface. Now, if I were to ask you that question, you might pause, you might hesitate because you have something that you want to say, but you may not really want to acknowledge what it is that you're really feeling and thinking. And when you're doing this kind of work, when you're self-parenting, because this is what you're doing now, you're having that inner dialogue with yourself, you're being inquisitive with yourself on why you feel a certain way, when you start to do this stuff for yourself, you have to be honest with yourself. So whatever comes to the surface, don't try to suppress it. Welcome it. Have it sit down with you and ask it, why do you feel that way? And let that story unfold. So when that story first comes up of he doesn't care, she doesn't care, they don't love me, um, whatever it is that the feeling is that you're experiencing, a lot of the time is I don't feel like they care. I don't feel like they love me. I don't feel like they understand me or, or are being understanding of my feelings, which are all valid things to feel. But what you want to do is try changing the story. And this is the second part of this. When you change the story that's coming up, because a lot of the times the story that's coming up is your wound. So Susie did something that really hurts your feelings and you feel like she doesn't care. So she, you feel like she doesn't care is valid is what you're feeling, but it's also that sentence, that statement is tied to an, a wound. It's tied to either abandonment or a judgment wound or whatever that wound is. And in order to come to the table self-loving with this person and be able to express to this person what you think, how you feel, and not get emotionally charged and not come to the table with negativity and defensiveness and being passive-aggressive all with heal, in order to get to that place and not be emotionally charged up, you have to be able to change the story. It doesn't mean that when you change the story, the story is true. It just means that by changing it, it switches your perspective on what you think is actually happening because you don't know that that's actually the case. A lot of times in relationships, especially with couples, when there's disagreements, they each partner automatically thinks they don't care, they don't love me, they don't want to understand me. So you see where a story, because you're telling yourself, he doesn't love me, he doesn't care, she's, you know, she doesn't love me, um, she's being selfish, that, that doesn't, that statement, you're making that statement be the whole basis of this relationship that you have with this person. When really what's happening is because of a wound that has been triggered, you feel that, that statement, based off of this one instance. And you wouldn't believe how much that little sentence affects how you then confront this person on how you feel regarding the situation. So when you look at the story and you say, okay, based off of what happened, yes, my feelings are hurt. Yes, I feel like they were being selfish or maybe they, wouldn't put it, they weren't putting my needs first, but 
I'm going to push that aside and I'm going to change the story. So if I feel like he doesn't care based off of what happened, what's another story I could tell myself? Well, maybe he did what he did because he was having a bad day. Maybe he did what he did because he's really stressed. Maybe she did what she did because she was distracted when maybe someone bumped into her in the store. Maybe she knew that she wanted to get me something that I really, really like, and she kept looking for it, and she couldn't find it. And so that took up time as well. So by changing your story, it doesn't justify what someone did to cause your hurt feelings, but it allows you to get rid of that negativity, not get emotionally charged up, and then speak to the person in a calm and loving way. When you change your story for a minute, sometimes you'll actually be surprised because the story that you've changed is now the truth. That yeah, your wife was distracted in the store and her neighbor came up to her and started talking to her and she didn't know how to end the conversation and she kept thinking like, oh my God, my husband or my boyfriend's not feeling well in the car and I need to get back to him. Or, you know, because your boyfriend did what he did, you didn't realize that he just had a disagreement with his mom or his brother and it really got him down. And then he possibly did something that hurt your feelings. So it allows you to take your own self out of the situation and realize that a lot of times when things happen, it has nothing to do with you. But because we take things so personally in relationships as a reflection of our own self-worth and how someone, you know, views us or loves us that we take it so personally that we get so charged up and when you change the story it calms yourself down and you're then allowed or you're then able to come to your partner with love compassion and understanding give your partner a chance to tell the story so by doing this this allows the other person to tell their story without you already knowing what the story is. Like, I know what this is. I know that she doesn't care about me. I know that she doesn't love me. When you are able to change the story, and then you're able to allow this person to speak and to tell their side without you getting emotionally charged up, without you already assuming they don't love and care about you. That doesn't mean that you still don't have hurt feelings. So just because you have hurt feelings, now this gives you an opportunity to express that in a calm way, in a loving way, and it allows you to be self-loving. It allows you to have that confidence in yourself. So once you have practiced this stuff, then you see that this probably had nothing to do with you, and that diffuses a lot of arguments. Now, step number three is being able to spot a pattern with someone. Wow, that's really great information. Thank you very much, Stephanie. And might I say, too, that's very good strategic strategy on how to deal with yourself and learn to know your innermost triggers and what sets you off so you could deal with other people when they provoke you in that way and exactly what to do. So that's really good information, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much once again. For those of you out there that is not familiar with Dr. Gabriel Mathe, he's a psychotherapist, and I'm going to play a couple of sound bites of what he defined as emotional triggers. You might want to consider what a trigger actually is. So the metaphor comes from what? It comes from weaponry. And the trigger actually is a very small part of the mechanism. In the gun or the rifle or the pistol or the revolver or the machine gun, there's a whole mechanism to deliver the ammunition. There's the ammunition itself. 
there's something explosive that will propel the ammunition to its target, then there's a trigger which is this big. Whenever you get triggered, somebody pulled that trigger, perhaps. But who's the one carrying the ammunition? Who's the one with the mechanism to deliver the ammunition? Who's the one with the explosive material inside them? And where do you want to put your attention? Do you want to put your attention on, on the trigger purely? Or are you curious about what ammunition, what explosive material you're carrying inside? So triggers are really great to work with if you want to get to know yourself. If you don't want to get to know yourself, then what we usually do is we just resent whoever did the triggering and that we think they did this to us. If you find out what those what that ammunition is and how you got it and whether you can really defuse it like the, you defuse a bomb you can actually defuse that ammunition inside you through getting to know yourself and that's where freedom actually lies when you when nobody has if nobody had the power to trigger you not because you were closed down and shut down and isolated but because you're totally um, aware of yourself well that's where liberation actually is she's the type that just can't say no that is always succumbing to other people's demands and expectations she said well she calls it the tns the terminal niceness and i can't say no for example to my boss's expectations he says i don't understand it I've been chanting two hours a day for 20 years. She's been doing spiritual work, without which her life might be a lot more difficult, might be a lot less balanced. Nevertheless, she's still unable to utter the word no, despite 20 years of chanting. Well, that's spiritual bypass. That's why you do the spiritual work, and you might achieve, attain great states of even oneness, or peace, serenity, joy and it may be true for you that it has really transformed your life and it can even be true that it has transformed your life but not in certain areas where the spiritual work has not transformed your life sufficiently it could be for two reasons maybe you haven't practiced well or long enough or maybe there's an emotional side that you haven't dealt with maybe there's some truth that you haven't yet glimpsed or known what to do with stories we tell ourselves are um attempts to get away from the pain i mean i'm talking about the conscious stories to get away from the pain or someone to manage it and those efforts to manage the pain not to feel it then are the basic cause of illness whether physiological illness uh, well all illnesses are physiological but whether the obviously identified illnesses like autoimmune disease neurologic illness from multiple sclerosis to amyotrophic lateral sclerosis to fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue Crohn's disease chronic skin conditions these all have uh unresolved and unrecognized emotional underpinnings and in my view those underpinnings are rooted very strongly in a person's child john is it gottman and um they study relationships and they just written a new book they've been studying relationships for decades and they told about one study that n not didn't surprise me at all but it it was striking they studied parents relationship to one another where there was a working um, satisfactory relationship between the two parents or whether it was conflictual and um, laden with um, tension and stress so they studied that in two ways they interviewed the parents they interviewed the adults the couple and they also collected for 24 hours the urine of their four-year-old children and they measured over 24 hours the excretion of cortisol the stress hormone in the child's urine and they could equally tell from the parents story the parents interview as from the child's urine the cortisol which marriages were unhappy and which were not now that's the degree now i can tell you that the high levels of cortisol are behind a lot of illness wow i wasn't surprised at all to hear that stressed and certain autoimmune diseases 
um, is contributed because of buried feelings and emotion inside of an individual. Um, I have long um, came to the to know that stress is no one's best friend, especially deep rooted emotional pain. It festers inside of you and it make your body react in certain ways that is detrimental to your livelihood. Um, so when um, Dr. Mate was talking about how they find so much of X amount of cortisone into a young child, um, it wasn't very surprising to me because I know that whenever you're in a chaotic situation, um, it has the ability to cause such physical harm to your body. One of the most important thing that I've taken away from what Dr. Mate said is that not it's not important to just know what caused the trigger, but what is buried inside of you that caused those emotions to flare up. And like he said, that is true freedom when you could realize and recognize what it is inside of you and work with it and learn how to deal with it before somebody else or when somebody else again attempt to light that trigger, you will know exactly how to deal with it. And that is true freedom of mind and peace and body. And it will also um, give you a better health too. You become healthier because your inside is clear, it's cleansed, it has been dealt with. And I think that is one of the greatest ways in dealing with emotional triggers. And of course, like he said, spirituality. But you have to put spirituality to work and do the actual work of finding out what it is that is festering inside of you. Um, and that's when you find true emotional freedom, when you can learn how to deal with your trigger. And it's not good for you to just cover them and and suppress your trigger is it's for you to know your triggers, work with your triggers, and work on them so that you'll be able to manage them better. Dealing with your emotional triggers is nothing easy for anyone, but we do know that we have to get to know ourselves better for us to have a mental freedom of it and for us not to be kept in an emotional bandage. Once again, I thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Meaningful Talk podcast. I'm looking forward to presenting you with another topic again next week, Wednesday. Thank you very much. Until next time, much love and stay in peace. Don't forget to connect with us on all social media platform and via our YouTube channel, Meaningful Talk. Meaningful Talk podcast drop every Wednesday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.